Welcome to the SD Podcast. We are so glad you could join us for this unique episode. I'm your host, David Severa, and I'm the writer and editor on the SD blog alongside Daniele Messi, the blog's manager. What you're about to hear is our conversation with Marie Tor, CEO and co-founder of Graffiti, a French company working with ST around AR. We are also joined by Bharat Rajagopalan, Director of Strategic Marketing at ST. Marie sat down with us to talk about her upcoming keynote presentation during XR Day, an event held at the University of Washington and sponsored by ST. This podcast is a conversation with Bharat and Marie around the industry and where AR and VR are heading. It complements the blog post we published on Marie's upcoming keynote and tries to explore dimensions we just couldn't address on the blog. Please enjoy. Okay, so uh, why don't we start with introductions, please? Uh, Marie, please go ahead. Okay, uh, okay, so what we do uh, at Graffiti is that uh, we're working on computer vision algorithm. Um, and right now we are focusing on um, retail, uh, on shopping. We developed uh, an app uh, which help consumers to choose the right products, actually. Um, and we, we, we need to be focused because that kind of technology can actually uh, take us very far away in many, many directions. So we choose um, a usage which is um, a day-to-day uh, usage uh, because should the right product can be challenging uh, for, for people. So we are right now focusing on retail. Maybe you want some more details, so I don't know. Uh, that's, that's all right. For now, uh, can you, uh, we okay. will go into more details about Graffiti, uh, but before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you end up uh, at Graffiti? Okay, so um, three years ago, four years ago, actually, I was working for startups. Uh, it was my second startups, and um, I, I work with a great team. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a... You say nerdy people, so I, I'm not a geek. I'm not a tech girl. Uh, I'm really a, a business girl more than tech one. So, but I loved uh, work with the, that tech team uh, for, for, from that previous startup, and uh, I really want to work with them um, after the, the the company was sold. So. Um, uh, I needed to find the subject uh, which could be interesting to work on. And uh, Said, uh, who is my co-founder, uh, Said wanted to work on augmented reality because it, it was fascinating. And uh, it was just time um, of, uh, you know, the movie Jurassic World. I, I don't know if you, if you have seen the movie Jurassic World. Uh, the follow-up it, to Jurassic a- Park, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, at that time, uh, you can have uh, a dinosaur in your um, uh, in your living room, you know, in three D, in augmented reality. And we were like, okay, it's a great, great tool. Uh, we need to we need to work on something uh, with that kind of power effect because it's the future. Because it's it's taking us uh, it's taking us in a, in the next um, generation of of technologies. So. That's why we, we decided to work on that type of technologies. And then uh, it was um, uh, the first steps of, uh, of graffiti discussing about that. And then we step by step 
uh, created what, what is the, the company today. Um, I, I come from uh, from business. I, I'm not uh, in the tech field, um, and, and I I mean. I, don't even come from business. Actually, uh, I, in school I was in um, literature and philosophy, so nothing to do with uh, the questions today. But that maybe I, I bring something different uh, in the team um, because of that kind of background, and uh, it, it's interesting for us to to work together. We have many different backgrounds uh, in, in the team, actually. So that's it. Very nice. Thank you very much. Um, and, and I think the intersection between liberal arts and technology is definitely, uh, you know, something to explore, especially when we're looking okay. at, uh, you know, augmented reality. Uh, now, let me turn to Bharath. Can you please, uh, you know, give us a little introduction of, of who you are and what you do at SD? Sure, sure. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thank you, Marie. Yeah, so Bharat Rajagopal, I'm the Director of Strategic Marketing. I'm based here in Santa Clara, California. So my role in ST is to really think about what the company should do two to three years out of, uh, in leveraging our technology portfolio, our product portfolio, and trying to go to markets of growth and interest to the company. Uh, and so uh, AR clearly is one of them. This is a program that I uh, helped initiate, oh gosh, about three years ago, three years in the making, work with my colleagues and division in the region, across regions as well. Uh, and, and the goal was to really understand how do we position ST in AR, what technologies and products do we leverage to bring to the market? Uh, and then with that, hopefully help the company, uh, company achieve growth into this uh, exciting new market. So that's what I basically do. So really my role is to put together the strategy, develop the ecosystem, develop partnerships, uh, you know, help, help you know, identify, articulate uh, technology needs that we may, that we may uh, have for the future. So, uh, Marie, you have a unique position because for somebody focusing on software, you have a lot of hardware experience. So that's that's really fantastic. And so the first question I think many people have is, should we expect, is there possibly a killer application or should we just expect little evolutions uh, along the way? Because right now, AR is such a contradictory, in such a contradictory place. By that, I mean, on one hand, we have Pokemon Go, and, and it's so popular, I'm not even sure people know it's really AR. On the other hand, we have so many companies, Facebook just announced Meta with proof of concepts left and right. So where should we anticipate the industry going from here, according to you? That's a tough question to start. <laughs> um, I think um, we, we are discussing a lot uh, with my team about that, actually, of course. But uh, I, I think that there is maybe uh, a small first uh, step uh, which will unlock uh, the the possibility of the um, of the mass adoption of the of um, the smart classes by by a first step. Uh, I mean a first use case, uh, which is um, going to be maybe sports or uh, maybe, I don't know, um, something very precise 
uh, where we, we could uh, just try and uh, adopt um, smart classes. Um, just like when you are thinking about uh, iPod, I don't know if you remember that iPod, you know, that little stuff that we, you can have music on. And uh, I mean, it was the first step of the touch for me. Uh, it was the first step of the, that kind of gesture you, you today you you are so familiar with uh, the, the touch the the screen touch is really um, something that we do out of reflex uh, so um, uh, the iPod was the first step of the iPhone maybe we're gonna have something like that for the smart classes maybe you will have just the first step when you run for example you, you need to see uh, your heart beating you need to see your speed and sometimes it's not easy for you to look at your smartwatch or to you to look at your smartphone maybe having that kind of glasses uh, will change your experience sport so you will buy it you will try it and then you you will think oh, that's great maybe if i can see um information of another kind uh it would be great too so or it, it, might be in another area for like sound, for example. Uh, I've just heard, I, I don't remember if it's Bosch of, uh, or uh, Bong & Olufsen, um, which uh, created that, that really nice smart classes with an amazing sound inside. Um, and uh, it's like that, it's the first use case, a first very precise use case that people uh, really find interest in. And then uh, maybe they, they think by themselves, oh, it would be great to have something more. Uh, I have already have my, my math classes uh, and I would love to see uh, information about anything else than my pearls or, or my music or things like that. I don't know if I answer your question, but... Uh, thank you very much for that, because I think it is uh, going back to the iPod, I think, makes a lot of sense. And this idea that we, we, we have not arrived at the iPhone and smartphones without those early technologies. And it's easy to forget them. It's easy to forget the little steps that happened along the way. And so let me turn to Barath now, because you have, in a way the opposite experience of Marie in the sense that SD is a hardware company, although yes, we do software definitely, but you know, we're known for STM 32 microcontrollers for sensors and so on. Yet the conference like XR day shows that we are pushing for better uh, software experience. Sorry. Our collaboration with graffiti shows that we understand the importance of software. So for a hardware person, you have a lot of experience with software. So for you, Barath, how do you see, um, you know, hardware companies or engineers evolving to make AR, VR, um, you know, XR more relevant for consumers? Hmm. Great, a great question. I'll just uh, sort of follow along, uh, follow a similar trajectory uh, that uh, Marie, Marie just spoke up. So, you know, I want to not talk about hardware and software, but I want to talk about experiences. And, and then the thing that's really missing, I think, in the conversation, uh, particularly, particularly for a typical hardware company or software company, is just 
I have a product, a device, a this, a that, a technology. That's interesting, but the translation of that really in the marketplace, particularly something as uh, personal, as a wearable device like a pair of glasses, uh, requires understanding of the whole overall experience, the user, more specifically the user experience and the user interface. That's a techie term, but let's just call it the modalities of how you interact with the device that you're wearing. That's a really important thing. And so, and so the thing that from an SD point of view, what we need to think about is, you know, what is that experience look like at the very end? And that'll then help inform us from a hardware design, a systems design, a software design integration, all the various technological aspects. It'll inform us in terms of what pads to follow, what products to either enhance or develop or technologies to create. Uh, because very often, you know, what I would say is this, I would say that right now AR is still a solution in search of a problem. Right, and so and so, what 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 Marie just said is basically, you know, what problem should we solve? And so the the problem to solve, you know, which I completely agree with, is what she said in terms of the use case of informatics. So back to your question, ST, you know, where I see this intersection occurring is the the touch point is really a touch point where the user where the user touches the device, interacts with it, understanding that really well will inform our engineers, our technologists, and our company in terms of how then we should modify, enhance, and develop our technologies, products, and solutions, be they hardware or software. Thank you. That's, that's a really interesting take because looking at experience, what's on a lot of people's minds is both the hurdles and, as you mentioned, the idea that maybe we're trying to push a solution before we even understand where you know we're, we're what what we're trying to solve. So, Marie, let let me ask you, uh, given your experience, um, and, and we've talked about them on, on the blog post with user experience with the troubles that sometimes we may still have using some of the hardware. The question I would have for you is right now, are we limited by the hardware or are we limited by the software? What I mean by this is right now, what is the biggest problem? Having something on our face or having something that we have to carry around? Or is it a limitation purely about, you know, the code that we haven't figured out yet? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question too. Uh, uh, right now, I would say that I see the 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 problem we uh, we have on the the hardware side because sometimes we are limited what we want to do uh, by 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 devices. Uh, for instance, we 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 want to be, of course, in the Android. Uh, uh, ecosystem uh, and it's harder for us because uh, we don't know uh, if uh, all the devices which function with Android will be um, as um, we will support uh, both computer vision and augmented reality um, as well as um, the iOS and the, the iPhone uh, can do. Um, it, it's just it's just an example uh, which is coming to my mind, but um, I, I'm not tech enough to see um, which problem that we could uh, have 
uh, with uh, the tech side uh, and with the code side. There is two two things. Maybe I'm not taking enough. Oh, uh, I have such a great team, such an amazing team that when I think about something, when we think about something, it's it's done. Actually, <laughs> we can we, we can manage to to solve problem and we can manage to to have uh, an answer to every question and every problem we encounter. So, yeah, I, I I really think about limitation of the of the devices right now. Uh, but maybe Barrett will have no, we we will have a, another point of view on that. But it's a really interesting question, actually. It's a bit tricky, though. But really, really interesting. Yes. I think the the question we should really ask again, what is what I'll say is that what problem are you trying to solve? That's that's a question that should be asked. That that's a question that's often not asked. And and so and so to me, I think I think from my point of view, it's limited. But my, my point of view, is whole challenge of not looking down your phone, not looking down your device. If you walk around any anywhere anywhere in the world today, from restaurants to airports to shopping malls to your house to wherever, everybody has their heads down, drooped down in the palm of their hands, or look at their watch. And so the and so we're trying to uh, articulate through AR, particularly smart glasses, is to have a head up, hands free experience. So it can be, you know, head up and hands free, and and really uh, not 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 uh, burdened by having to look down all the time or having a device in your hand. So that's one 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 thing we can think about. The second thing is to really think about what information do we need in our everyday lives. What really matters. What what do we care for? And so again, imagine wearing a pair of glasses. It's really a cell phone in your face, more or less, call it. But now with everything there, you know, perhaps you can look at things like, you know, the weather. You can look at your heartbeat. You can look at directions. Maybe look at a, maybe you're traveling in Japan or China. Look up at a sign, and then you can translate the sign. Have a display in front of your glasses. It's having that kind of access to normal everyday information that a lot of us spend our time time searching for or looking for on our phones that we can now do on our on our head. So now that doesn't answer your question specifically. Your question is about you know right you know what what are the limitations of hardware and software. I would say that if my point of view, well, the hardware to do a lot of that's already here. The technology is here. It's really I again I I know I sound like a broken record now, but it's really try to understand how do people. Want to, how do people want to consume this? What is the natural way in which they'll ingest this? And how do they want to interact with this? It is that experience. Because I don't believe fundamentally, fundamentally that there is a hardware issue. We can argue about a little bit smaller, a little bit less power, but this is not a R&D question. This is really a question, it's an engineering question. So, you know, I think what Marie said, her, her team can solve most problems. And what that, what she means by that, I think if I can speak for Marie, is that it's not an R&D problem, it's an engineering problem that can be engineered, have a solution. So, so really, I think, you know, we have to really understand um, how will people use this stuff. That's really, really, really important to help inform then the specific hardware design, but I don't think hardware limitations at this point. People may disagree with me, but I will, I will argue quite the opposite. Marie, did you want to add something? No, no, it's really true, actually. Yeah, that's, that's so, uh, let me Let me push Barath a little bit on this, and then I'll ask a similar question to Marie. But sure. um, the tones, the interview right now, that the, our conversation right now, reminds me of the beginning of computing where 
you know, no one really knew why on earth you would need, you know, more than 16K of RAM and what on earth you're going to do with the computer all day long. Uh, And those discussions ultimately led to two very different interpretations of what it means to advance computing. And on one hand, we have Mm -hmm. Apple with integrated solutions Mm -hmm. and the control hardware, even now more than ever, and software and so on. And you had the PC with Windows and Intel and everything, and you could slap Windows, uh, you know, on any X86 chip and so on. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, uh, ST is a very agnostic company. We want Mm -hmm. to tailor to as many people as possible. We have cloud Mm. solutions for AWS, Azure, Mm. Watson, and a Mm. myriad of others. Um, Mm -hmm. So my question would be, will the need to tailor to the experience force us to change our DNA? (laughs) Okay, so uh, I will say... Evolve our DNA. <laughs> Maybe be a bit kinder. I'd say evolve our DNA. The answer is yes, absolutely. Look, I think the world is getting to a place, and I, and I use this word in the public all the time, and people probably get sick of me saying this word, but all these systems are need to be holistically designed, bespoke, if you will, right? Because they interact so much. It, it is no longer isolated building blocks anymore. And I think your metaphor analogy you know, of the early days of computing is a good one. And But now we go into a computer in your face, but now people call AR spatial computing. That's sort of the buzzword for it. And so you're really appropriate in, in, in casting that in that light. And yes, as a company, we're going to have to think more holistically, think of how things work I don't say interoperably, but seamlessly, right? And and across the entire experience spectrum, because you know it really matters how you how you interact with the object, what interfaces you want to see, if you gesture, speak, touch, wave, gesticulate somehow or another, all that motion, all that experience needs to get translated to hardware as well. But the hardware needs to understand the experience, so that really necessitates a, to to, to a evolution of DNA. Uh, sort of going upstream from just a simple component design, the device view, to much more of a system or holistic view of uh, of of, uh, of products and uh, solutions. Does that answer your question? Yep. Yeah, thank you. That's a great answer, um, Maria. I want to change a little bit the question for you because. As a startup, can I, I don't know, can I call you a startup, at least a you know, young company yeah. and, um, you know, with, with big dreams. And we talked about your dreams on the blog and, and they're definitely uh, fascinating. And I, and I hope uh, people who will attend uh, XR Day will get to, to share uh, your, your vision. But you're found in a situation where betting on the wrong horse could have drastically negative effects. So how do you, in your position, navigate the risk-reward equation given that the technology is in its infancy and that a wrong decision, choosing a wrong partner, you know, can have really negative effects, impacts, sorry, on your uh, operations? Yeah, that's true. Um, managing the risk for us, uh, it's priority. Um, and most of the time we, we get that question, uh, 
but what if uh, the smart classes um, isn't a thing actually because uh, here in France people uh, think about that first Google 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 Glasses um, the the first one which was a few years ago uh, and they, they think that sometimes it's um, they think it's over I mean uh, it was a thing a few years ago and it's no more a thing augmented reality is not a thing so um, yes of course uh, we're, we're thinking that betting on the wrong horse uh, could kill us uh, but at the same time there is uh, many many uh, signals from um, the big companies uh, which uh, show uh, that it's going to be something important uh, and um, it's going to be something important because um, you can access to information in a new way uh, which is seamless and easy and um, uh, which uh, seems afterwards logical in a certain way um, and so it's not a big bet for us um, to 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 bet on the on the smart glass in on augmented reality um, and at the same time, yes, of course, you can be pessimistic and think that uh, it's not going to be a big thing, but um, we are evolving and we are already working on uh, just being on the on the smartphones. Today, uh, we are already providing a value, we are already providing a service to, uh, to our users, to our, to our consumers. So, we are already doing something. Um, we are not only focusing on certain developments. So, yeah, that uh, our way to 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 be to managing risk. I think. Excellent. Well, so let me ask you, let me push you a little further on this, because you, you, you talked about Google Glass and Google Glass had significant issues. One of them, and I'm going to say especially in France, where the right of, to privacy is sacrosanct. Um, and so the issue was people didn't know if you were being recorded. They became paranoid as soon as they saw somebody, you know, with big glasses, even if, you know, they didn't even have a recording device, all of a sudden it went in to a frenzy have we solved that because it doesn't seem like it <laughs> uh no it's not uh it, but at the same time uh it's not uh among the the oldest people I, I i get that kind of thing that maybe uh the young generation are, are different about that kind of uh uh, at that, at that kind of uh, point of view on privacy um, because they are digital natives and they know exactly what it mean uh, what it means uh, to to have uh, access to um, uh, to our own data uh, and maybe also because uh, they they are uh, exposing themselves uh, in very different way uh, we did. Uh, when we were maybe uh, younger, uh, there there is uh, really different generations uh, which are coming. So I don't know if it's going to be an issue uh, in in 
in years. But at, at the same time, yes, it is today, of course, obviously, when, when you are um, walking around with uh, six cameras on your on your smart glasses, uh, people um, don't like it. Uh, but uh, they are uh, thinking about Chinese government and uh, thinking that uh, they are spying on and so yeah, they are uh, very uh, full of uh, fears. Uh, I mean, I, I hope it's going to evolve in the right way. Um, that there is two ways uh, for evolving. Uh, maybe the first way is, uh, will be because people will not care uh, in the future uh, about that. Um, about being uh, recorded or um, things like that, but, but privacy. Or uh, the devices, the hardware is going to evolve um, by only recognizing things with, uh, uh, I don't know, with maybe with uh, laser or um, with another uh, technology than directly that big cameras around your, your glasses. Right. Thank you. And that actually is uh, something I wanted to talk to Barath about, because on one hand, what's fascinating is SD has now a long history of focusing on not only safety, but security and uh, security in terms not only of encryption, but secure elements and, and making... Um, you know, securing a system as easily as possible, protecting encryption keys, a secure boot, secure firmware installs, secure module installs, um, secure over-the-air updates, and so on. Um, but all this is about preventing an attack. And safety is about making sure that your device is safe to use, uh, will not cause harm. So... My question would be if, as we're looking at the expansion into um, augmented reality, will that force us within ST to also look at privacy, uh, sorry, at security from the angle of privacy? Or do you think we will have to delegate that? You know, fundamentally, you know, uh, I, I believe that you'll have to have Security and privacy. Well, let me step back. Security and privacy, in the case of you know, the systems, are I think go hand in hand, right? They're they're, they're certainly locked, interlocked. Certainly, now, by no means are they in the, in, independent. They're interdependent, certainly. And and I would also say that you know you have to have multiple layers of, of security and also privacy uh, through the entire to the entire sort of chain, if you will, from the hardware through the middleware to the software and the application. Uh, and so from an SD point of view, I think we can certainly add value given our expertise in, in, in this area, as you pointed out, to secure micro and a lot of secure systems that we have, uh, from anything automotive to payment systems to everything else. I think we can certainly leverage that history uh, that we have of, uh, of, of our actual technology device in that space, as well as our sensibilities being a European company and, and knowing the importance of that. And I think, you know, we certainly can should and probably will play a role in in in, uh, in enabling our customers and our partners a more robust, secure, and a more robust uh, privacy environment. And so, yes, we could put some of those in a hardware itself for sure, and, I, and I'm sure we'll continue to do that. I will certainly advocate for that, and we have a history of that. 
but that's not enough, of course, right? At the end, you know, there's always holes in the system. So, you know, you have to think about what do the, what do the middleware people do from a middleware point of view, the application people do from an application point of view, so on and so on and so forth. But certainly from a hardware layer perspective, and I would say even a firmware layer perspective, I think uh, we can and we should and we will, I'm, I'm sure, uh, support and help uh, guide the way for that. Excellent. All right. I believe we have come to the conclusion of our conversation. So, Marie, uh, can you tell us where you're at and um, what can people check out if they want to follow you? Uh, yeah, uh, you, you can find us on um, on LinkedIn mostly uh, because we, we publish things around uh, for, for in professional point of view. So you can follow us uh, on LinkedIn um, and we will soon be on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram too. The app uh, we are developing is called Reveal uh, and the, the company is called Graffiti. Right. And uh, we will have links uh, in the blog post to all of these. All right. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Marie. Thank you very much, Barath. That was a fantastic conversation. Um, to everyone, uh, join XR Day. There will be both uh, physical and uh, virtual uh, live streams for those who cannot attend in person. Great. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Murray. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for your time. And David, thank you as always. Thank you. Thank you to you both. It was very nice. Thank you.